and welcome back to the Word Encounter episode 121. Today we're going to pick it up in the Song of Songs chapter 3. And just as a reminder, uh, the Song of Songs is, is an intimate uh, song, po- poetic uh, description of uh, relationships between a man and a woman, a man and his wife, as you say. And it's also analogous to the relationship that Jesus has with his church. And so it's kind of a duality thing going on here. And so in chapter 3, let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, In my bed at night, I sought the one I love. This is the woman speaking. I sought the one I love. I sought him but did not find him. I will, ar- I will arise now and go to the city uh, through the streets and the plazas. I will seek the one I love. I sought him but did not find him. The guards who go about uh, the city found me. I asked him, have you seen the one I love? I had just passed him when I found the one I love. I held on to him and would not let him go until I brought him to my mother's house, to the chamber of the one who conceived me. Hmm. (laughs) And so we see here that there's this intimate crying out for the one she loves. And God wants us to cry out to him in a similar fashion. In verse 5, it says, Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you, by the gazelles and the wild does the field. Do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. This is speaking about um, not arousing desires before it is time and, and sanctioned for one to enjoy the pleasures of sexual activities. As the way God uh, defined it and designed it, this is to be done uh, amongst a man and a woman uh, in their relationship, their marital relationship in the context of marriage. And so uh, the woman is warning the, the women of Jerusalem, do not wake up, do not arouse yourself until the appropriate time. Now, we're living in a time when uh, those uh, ideas are considered to be old-fashioned and out of date, but nothing that God authors is out of date. And so he set up this thing, he designed this thing, and he defined it. And in his definition, sexual relations are to be enjoyed between a man and a woman in the context of a marriage. And so we can say what we want. We can say, well, I don't believe that or whatever. But that is the way that this thing called life was designed. So we go on, and uh, let's drop down to... uh, Uh, Matter of fact, let's go to the next chapter. Let's go to chapter 4. And we see in verse 1, this is the man speaking. He says, How beautiful are you, my darling? How beautiful behind your veil? Your eyes are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats. (laughs) That doesn't sound very romantic. Your hair is like a flock of uh, goats streaming down Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of newly shorn sheep coming up from washing each one uh, bearing twins, and none, of, and none has lost its young. Your lips are like scarlet cord. Your mouth is lovely. Behind your veil, your brow is like a slice of pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David, constructed in layers. A thousand, she- a thousand shields are hung on it, and all the shields of the warriors. <clears throat> your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle that feed among the lilies. You know, for those that think that the Bible is stodgy and and and, and dry, <laughs> I assure you it is not. Verse 7, 
You are absolutely beautiful, my darling. There's no imperfection in you. Wow. So he's laying it on her with regard to how he feels about her. It says in verse 9, you have captured my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captured my heart with one glance of your eyes, with uh, one jewel of your necklace. How delightful your caresses are, my sister, my bride. Your caresses are much better than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any ball than any balsam your lips <clears throat> excuse me your lips dry sweetness your excuse me your lips drip sweetness like the honeycomb my bride a honey and milk are under your under your tongue the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of lebanon Apparently, there are a lot of nice uh, aromas and spices coming out of Lebanon. And so Lebanon, Lebanon is used as a metaphor for that. In verse 12, it says, My sister, my bride, you are a lot garden, a lot, gar a lot garden, and a sealed spring. This is referring to her virginity. Uh, back in, in those days, virginity was looked on as something extremely valuable and noble, righteous. That's the way it's supposed to be. But we've totally and completely just mucked that up. Now it's something to be mocked. See, And when you're mocking that, you're actually mocking God, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, in verse 13, it says, Your branches are a par uh, paradise of pomegranates with choicest fruits, henna and nard. Nard and saffron. Uh, calamus and cinnamon, with all the trees of with all the trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the best spices. You are a garden spring, a well of flowing water, streaming from Lebanon. In verse sixteen, awaken north wind, come south wind. Excuse me, awaken north wind, come south wind, blow on my garden and spread the fragrance of its spices. Let my love come to his garden. And eat its choicest fruits. Ooh. The man says in verse 5, I have come to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gather my myrrh with my spices. I eat my honeycomb with my honey. I drink my wine with my, with my milk. And then the narrator says, eat, friends, drink, be intoxicated with caresses. And so we see here that the that the man and the woman are now consummating their marriage. And so the, the narrator is, is essentially saying, OK, now is the time. Go for what you know. And so the woman uh, says in verse two, I was sleeping, but my heart was awake. A sound. My love was knocking. The man says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one, for my head is drenched with dew my hair with droplets of the night. The woman says in verse 3, I have taken off my clothing. How can I put it back on? I have washed my feet. How can I get them dirty? Verse 4, my love, my love thrust his hand through the opening. And my feelings were stirred for him. In verse 5, I rose to open for my love. My hands dripped with myrrh. My fingers were my fingers with flowing myrrh and the handles uh, on the handles of the bolt. I opened to my love, but my love had turned and gone away. Huh. My heart sank because he had left. I sought him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. 
The guards who go about the city found me. They beat me. Uh, they beat and wounded me. They took my cloak from me. The guardians of the walls, young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you, if you find my love, tell him I am lovesick. So we have to remember here with regard to the analogy, right? So the man is representative of God. The woman is representative of the church, those that believe in Jesus. And so we see here that the church is looking for, essentially looking for God. And I said, have you seen him? Do you know where he is? And it says the young woman of Jerusalem respond with this in verse nine. What makes you, what makes the one you love better than another? And when I read this, to me, this means what, um, what makes you think your God is better than others? So it says, what makes the one you love better than another? Most beautiful of women, of women. What makes him better than another? that you could give us this charge. And so when I read that, I, I say, well, it sounds like he's saying, what or why do you think your God is better than other gods? Why would you tell us to look for your God? The woman says in verse 10, starting at verse 10, my love is fit and strong, noble among 10,000, notable among 10,000. His head is pure as gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves besides flowing, uh, flowing streams, washed in milk and set like jewels. His cheeks <clears throat> are like beds of spice, mounds of perfume. His lips are lilies dripping with flowing myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set in burl. His body is an ivory panel covered with lapis lazuli. His legs are alabaster pillars set on pedestals of pure gold. His presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. His mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love and this is my friend, young woman of Jerusalem. Wow. This is my love and this is my friend. See, it's more than just went beyond just a romantic uh, relationship, just a romantic type uh, analogy. This is my friend. I have more than just these carnal sexual desires for my love. This is my friend. <clears throat> I love more about God than what he can just do for me. This is my friend. See, when we look at God, what do we see? Do we see a father-like figure? Do we see one who um, guides us, one who cares for us, um, one who uh, has our best interests at heart? Or do we just look at him as um, the genie in a bottle, you know, God that can give me, give me stuff, give me my desires. This is what I want, God. I'm turning to you because this is what I want. So how do we look at God? How do we view God? From what perspective do we see him? Is he our friend? Do we feel that he's someone that cares about us? Or do we just look to him to give us stuff? <clears throat> so this is, uh, this is critical with regard to how we see God, how we view God. Because how we see and we view him is going to be, is going to dictate how we react with him what we expect from him. A lot of people, in my opinion, have the absolute wrong uh, perspective on God and the wrong perception with regard to, you know, what they should be 
looking towards him for? My answer would be everything. Everything, big and small, everything. We think we are, but we are not constructed. We were not designed. We were not built to be our own masters. Was the saying go, masters of our own fate, captors of our own soul? No, 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 no. Not at all. We were created as worshipers. We all worship. The question in life is, what do you worship? Do you worship the Lord Almighty or do you worship things? Conquests, other people, you know, be honest with yourself. What do you worship? That's what this battle in life is all about. Coming to a determination on who or what you should worship because you are going to worship. And the decision is yours because that's how we were created. We were created with free will. And the Lord wants us to choose him. He doesn't force anybody. It's a free will choice. And with that, we'll see you tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye.